הכל. Dr. Guitar, this is Professor Plume. This is Don Diminuit. And you are listening to Unsane Radio. Okay. Mon frère. <laughs> oh. We've got a good show. This is a good show, I think. Have we got the merit for you? <laughs> There he goes. There he goes with the... There's the merit jokes. Yeah. That was number 189. Well, you know what his saying is. Crap a diem. We. All right. They're, they're jealous. <laughs> We're going to go back to the late 1970s, like as late as you can get in the 1970s. No. 1979. No. On merging on to the 80s. Oh, yes. And the, merging. This is a precursor to a coupling. lot of 80s movies. Coupling. <laughs> so, yeah. anyway, we're going to talk. At, uh, this episode, we're going to talk about. Phantasm. Number one. Number one. Ugh. Made in 1979. And it looks like it. Who made no, it? No, but. Uh, Don uh, Coscarelli. Don Coscarelli. Do you know where he got the name from? Do you. He, Where? Uh, uh, he uh, was influenced by Edgar Allan Poe. Poe used the word phantasm. Mm-hmm. That's true. A lot. I knew Poe did. Yeah, I didn't know he was influenced by that. But that's, anyway, that that's where he drew the name from. Yeah, and it means uh, a figment of your imagination, and it also means like a spectral apparition or something. Right. You know, something like and that. And which is kind of interesting because it has that Poe feel with a dream within a dream. Yeah. All right. So listen to this. We got a little bit of outtakes here to, to get us to break us in. The funeral is about to begin, sir. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, I just don't get off on funerals, man. They give me creeps. What the heck? Wait here, it's my little brother. I think he's got some kind of a problem. Watch, and they were gonna get me. Now, give me a break, would you? They were jumping on the car and making these, these weird sounds. Sure wasn't that uh, retarded kid Timmy up the street? Oh, it was the same thing that chased me last night. I've been waiting for you. Rich? He did. No, I ain't three foot two yet either. What's going on? Hey, man, I don't know. I've been hiding in a casket playing like a stiff.
that pretty much sums up the movie. Oh, <laughs> that was that was excellent. I like I, that. I, Kudos yeah. to Jerry. <laughs> first time I, I yeah, this is I saw this first time in a drive-in too. It, it, yeah. Did you? Yeah. And it was weird enough that it was like, yeah, you, you go in expecting the same thing, but this is high school. Don Coscarelli loves explosions. Explosions! Well, especially in the second film. Well, but yeah. they're in the first film, too. Yeah, they are. And this yeah. is back in the time of real explosions, like, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Practical effects. Him and, him and Michael Bay. Well, yeah. <laughs> and Coscarelli is, was... Uh, an independent filmmaker. He is an independent, I'm sorry, he is an independent filmmaker. Um, although he was associated right on from the beginning with Universal in an, I guess, an ipso facto sort of way. He was on the set. That's where they shot set stuff, was on Universal uh, Lots and properties. And uh, when you get into number two, I mean, Universal becomes a big, you know, the... Oh, the year, the first movie they were but filming the on their movie, they were, yeah, sets or yes. lots or whatever. Lot, yeah, um, property owned. Uh, Coscarelli has a book out called Oh True Indie that he talks all. It, it's really a good. It's a good. How book. that was negotiated. You can get it out. Yeah, the book is great for filmmakers because any aspiring filmmakers <laughs> because he goes into detail about how he does things. This right. is you know it's a really really good feather, book. Feather, what was the book we bought? Oh, uh, you talking about J.R. Book Walter's book? Yes. What was the name of it? J.R. Book Walter's Guide to Independent Filmmaking. Oh, that's what right. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I don't think I have a, my copy anymore. I, I'll have to look. You know, he was, he's was he been in a couple of cons yes. that we were you, I think he anyway, was the last one. <laughs> that's getting off the subject. That's getting off the subject. We're talking about Don Coscarelli's Phantasm One, yes. starring Angus Scrim. Scrim. As the tall man, and boy, it, and uh, uh, what's his name? Reggie Bannister as Reggie. Yes, and then the boy. Um, he has uh, um, just a minute. I got his name right on the tip of my tongue. Echo Mangalia. A. Uh, I say I'm going to say David. <laughs> a Michael Baldwin. Michael Michael yes. Baldwin. Michael Does he? Baldwin. And he plays Mike. And he plays Mike in the movie. He the plays movie. an awesome Trump. Oh, and we will say that, you know, the acting in this first movie is pretty bad, <laughs> but they're um, all, they're all It was amateur. 79, yes. They were, and he, this is a true independent film. They, he had to, you know, he employed amateurs and, you know, made the best of it that he could. Uh, my, But it really transcended all that, though, stuff. Well, I, it just, in a lot it of really ways. did. Uh, to how make it, it so enduring. And, and, yeah. How did it transcend, Tar? Just, well... The story structure itself is just kind of weird, is and uh, the where you think it's going supernatural suddenly takes on the sci-fi aspect to it, and then just the oddness of the whole movie. It, it is a sci-fi. It's film, a fan, and, and, and then going elements, and yeah. then relating back to Phantasm is this just a dream, or which is it which a, is a recurring theme in the movie through the series. It yeah. is right. The whole series. It, is the this whole all? Series. Is no, that, this actually true. happening, or is this? Yes. Something wrong or, you know, it just, it's hey, actually kind of a really interesting series. Hey, of hey Cronenberg. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and it's, it's interesting because it has all these weird little themes in it too, that it's uh, there's voyeurism because that kid, man, is creepy voyeuristic. Like he's following his brother around. His brother even like mentions how he's like going, the little kid's got something for me. He keeps following me everywhere. 
And he does. He keeps you like pop up into the frame and, and, you know, just be there looking at him through the window in the bar. You know, it's just really kind of strange how that works. You know, and, and as being as low budgeted as it was, it, it just had a feel to it. It was, even then at the time when I first saw it, it was kind of, um, I don't know, there yeah, the low budget. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm trying to think of the words to describe this, but yeah, yeah okay, I'll go back. It, it was very interesting. Yes, <laughs> so it they, was very so they, interesting. So they're giving me the look, so I had to speed up here. So. Sorry, just but odd. It, um, it also has the trope of the uh, very catchy uh, melody for the. For the theme music, the theme of this. Yeah, the theme is really Which is kind of reminiscent of Halloween Well, it is, music, but it's yes. very catchy, yes. just like the Halloween yes. theme. And, Simple uh, and... Yes, yes. But, uh, yeah, the, the plot is very, uh, very confusing. And there are, I mean, um, we can go into detail uh, if we want to. The, but it works. In so. depth, well, it works, but there are, like glaring flaws throughout the, the <laughs> movie you know i mean yes. uh, continuity flaws oh, yeah. um, any kind and just that that makes the movie as a standalone not, yes. not a great movie you right know, not a it's it's just a kind of a, it, a it's a really good movie especially for its time i think of and and what it started portraying <clears throat> the special effects in the first movie are not bad you know they're not great but uh, it, I like the idea of the little people, and and as Tar said, you know, it's it becomes a science fiction movie. It is a science fiction movie um, once it's established, and that's pretty bizarre you know, in itself. Um, what I think is, uh, you know, is there are many problems. There are also some really nice nuances that he does in there. The, there's the whole um, beginning where they're playing the guitars on on the front porch. Um, and it's actually pretty good. And it's both of them really playing. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a derivative song, obviously. But um, he he takes out the tuning fork, and hits the tuning fork, and then stops the tuning fork. Yeah. Right. And that it's comes nice, that, that yeah. plays into you know what the what sound what happens later on, later on vibration. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah, and that's why I said there there are science fiction you know elements to the whole thing. Um, that being said, then it it still is a pretty much a slasher type film um well, yeah they got i don't want to call it got, slasher and they got boobs yeah. yes there's gore 70s movies yes it, yeah, it, I, yeah. It, it yeah i don't know what what else would you cut yeah you're, you're not really a slasher movie you're right it's not it's just it's, just, it's got it's some gore movie. it's got gore, gore elements, yeah. yeah gore yeah uh science fiction with gore <laughs> But even the gore is ridiculous. I mean, you know, like when the you know when the the ball sticks him in the the face and then drills and into him, and then they're just like hosing copious you know, amounts but, yeah. of blood spewing yeah. all over. The, and did you know? Did you know this movie almost got an X rating because you, that first guy in the mausoleum that got the ball in the face and that drilled out and he oh, yeah. bled all over the place, and and Michael was hiding behind a corner, and they showed his feet and he's like twitching and shit. And you suddenly see a pool of pee spill across yes. the floor, which yeah. I thought was because really of that one scene. That, that movie was going to get an X rating, mm -hmm. but there was a film critic. Who was his name? There was a film critic in Hollywood that argued that point that should not be anyway because of his influence. That movie it got an R rating instead of an X. And, and now you can pee on on a movie. Well. <laughs> At least that movie. Essentially, <laughs> but yeah, that was a that was a very strong scene. <laughs> yeah. 
It oh, was. It really oh, was. Oh, I'm sorry. Street. Because right, that's, that's something that you don't see yet. Uh, yeah. No, you I, don't. I'm just speaking stream of consciousness. Well, yeah, there's all, there's, there's all kinds <laughs> of stuff. Strong stream of consciousness. There's all kinds of stuff in that movie that uh, today would never be portrayed. And if it were, people would freak out. Yes. You know, like the kid on the motorcycle, no helmet, <laughs> flying around. He also gets to drive the car. He takes a swig of beer. You know, there's boobs. There's, says there's shit. All kinds of, yeah, he says well, shit. Oh, well, yeah. it was the seventies. God damn it! I know that's what's great. I mean, this oh, is yeah. what this is what I like is because yes. back then they were, people were a lot less uh, uptight about this kind of stuff. You know, <laughs> people were no seriously. Like, I mean, today it's it's what it is. Today they everybody just wants to control the narrative. And back then, you could get away with a lot more. You know, I but we were I, I would go political. Well, I'm not going political. I'm simply saying that you know, like if if you watch that movie with a, a certain type of lens today, people would be offended by a lot yes. of stuff that's in there. I agree. And well, that's, I, but uh, yeah. but I can say that through all cinema. Well, and I mean, and, just, and well, yeah, but, I mean, I think to the audience that it was being shown to, um, and because it was independent, you know, they were able able to push those lines, which I think is pretty good because their audience was and being was, independent. And, yeah, and, yeah. and well, I want to bring it into the present. Look at some of the stuff that's out there right now that is so really outrageously horrid that is very acceptable in the community that it's targeted targeted for which phantasm is a movie that was targeted for a certain audience sure yeah yeah so i said i I love it it's you know but you know they make stuff even if they make stuff that's about like with they were criticizing what goes on in stranger things people were saying there's too much smoking in there you gotta that shouldn't be done anymore you know that's that's out and I'm like, well, you know, it's that's about, just it's about social it, control. Yeah, it's a, that's, that's what I said. It's people just want to control the narrative. Yeah. That's really all it is. The, but anyway, I, I love watching these kind of movies because for me, it is nostalgic. You know, that's the, I was about that kid's age, you know, for that. The, when for did that you time. see it? I, well, yeah, I have. Yeah, I have. OK, so our the friend, first, the first yeah, our friend Roger kept telling me for years that I should watch these movies. And I'm like, it looks stupid. I don't like horror movies. I don't like I'd say on this podcast. <laughs> I don't really like uh, horror movies. Um. Back then, I, did, I really did. I, well, I wish I should say I don't like slasher gore movies. I just those those kinds of movies don't. Yeah, really you have do to much differ- yeah. differentiate. I have to agree. I have on nothing. That. I yeah, like I have nothing against them. You know, people have liked them. That's great. I just did some not something. But I watched it about two years ago. It's the first time, and then I went on a deep dive and watched all five or six of them or whatever there five. are. Five. Five. Yeah. And uh, there, there. I I enjoyed them all, you know. And I think uh, the only one that Don Coscarelli didn't direct was the the last one, uh, and that he wrote yes. it though. Right, he didn't direct it. But um, and I, you know, it, it was pretty bizarre. I mean, a lot of this is stuff. And I think the I mean, just I, to let you yeah. know, if you're not aware out there, they they span from 1979 to 2016. Yeah, and it was that's five movies made within that span of time. Anger, Angus, and we're going to talk Scrim. about all of them. <laughs> Angus Scrim uh, passed away shortly after yes. it was released in 2016. After the last one, yes. He, but he was like, he was born in 1926. Yes. And speaking <laughs> of Scrim, I mean, and apparently he was a lot shorter than he appeared. He, he, but he was, he's one of the factors that makes the films, all the films. Iconic. He becomes iconic a Karloff or a Lugosi. Yeah, he, he, and, yeah, uh, he becomes a, that, that iconic image. Bad, an iconic, bad, evil yes, image. Yes. And he does a great job. Oh, he does. So, His voice, yeah. the first ones were great. Have you, have you watched? I, I was just watching some stuff, you know, with him in it. And, uh, and the very first one, do you ever notice when he's walking down that, that, uh, in slow motion in slow motion <laughs> and he, and he does uh, the, the whole ice cream truck thing. But did you notice his hair is black? Yes. And everything else, right, it, yeah. it, it, it ends up being white. Well, that's yeah. what I said. There, there's just, you know, 
there's well, and he know, purpose, a lot of discrepancies. If you watch how he walks down the sidewalk, he purposely has his hands going the wrong way yes. when he's walking. He he, he it, is uh, yeah. an MIB. Yeah. He, he's an MIB is what he... Now, I thought that when I first... Yeah, he does one all the form, weird. He, he could be one version of an MIB. That's yeah. right. Men in all black. the all, all the weirdness that he yes. goes through. Yes. The like you were saying, just even his his gait. Yeah, was uh, pretty bizarre. But yeah, and then, and then you know it has the girls. Not not quite as you know much as in the second film, but well, the second um, film because more. But Hollywood. anyway, yeah, and um, but there's that that whole kind of thing. But there's this whole thing about yeah. Telepathy is it comes into play yeah, and multiple and, planes of existence and uh, dimensions. Or, well, and, we don't really know that. That's no, not true. You don't, don't know. You no, know, you don't know that at the time. That's a supposition within that it comes up. But it, it that does, doesn't come up till the second. No, no, it does. It, it, it does. They don't mention dimensions in the first movie. But they show that. It said room another with world, the, and they said it said know, another world. But, but, but it could. As I said, because, telep- because of the because of the uh, resonance and the harmonics. You yeah. Kind of right. The teleportation the type thing. But that could know. just that could just be something that tel- teleports you from one planet to well, another. Well, no, too. but but you're transcending. I'm, no, no, that, I'm just saying. Well, but no, anyway. this is what this is this right. is one of the you're, beauties. You're right. This you're is right. one of the beauties of the movie because it gives it all this kind of gives it a different. They mentioned two different things. The first right. one it says it's a world. The second one it says it could be dimensional. Right. So they've kind of tied that together. Yes. And which I think is a that's a good element in the movies. And they keep what, blur- what kind of helps the movie right. sustain. And they start and blurring. Is this are these like alien worlds or is this your uh, heaven and hell type worlds? You know, what I mean. It, it, does it is it supernatural or well, that doesn't come fiction? until later well right. no it doesn't it's come until su- later but it, it's setting the structure for it though in science fiction it, because they talk about the reason that they have these uh, they're digging up corpses is to turn them into these like zombie slaves. dwarves low gravity slaves, yeah. low gravity slaves, slaves. Yeah. on yeah. a world that is very has hot very, and has very high gravity yep now does that sound like a dimensional thing not necessarily but transcending those back and forth through those portals when, then, well, that's what becomes trans. That's when they start talking about that. No, yeah. no, it becomes possibly transdimensional. Well, yeah, it well, could be. Yeah. It could be actually teleportation, which goes through dimension. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, I think uh, the type of story that this really is is said by the book that is sitting on the the end table or. or Nightstand next to the Mike's, Mike's nightstand. Yeah, Mike, his nightstand. It's uh, Roger Zelazny's My Name Is Legion, and this is a this is totally a Zelazny type story, because he is not a, was never afraid of uh, mixing genres and just kind of blending them together and not really paying attention to any kind of rule set, you know. Um, so it's very freeform. I mean, like the part where the finger gets cut off of uh, Angus and he puts it in a box and it's still moving around and then his brother looks at it and goes oh yeah okay I believe you now but then he goes back and gets it again they're going to take it to the sheriff and there's some sort of bug creature in there which looks ridiculous yes that bug creature is just horrible but it had that but the idea Zanti misfit look to it and it's just uh, and then they're acting where they have to control it and it's like flying all over the place and throwing them around that's pretty (laughs) funny they actually do a pretty good job of it oh it's it's great yeah but you can see where Sam Raimi got a lot of stuff though too yeah yeah it's got that's why I said you know it's it's got a lot of flaws it really does but it also has just a lot of possibilities but yeah there is something that draws you into it it, even just the structure of the story where you know is it is it real 
Well, at the is beginning, when he goes, to, he goes to see the medium, right? Like they yes. don't they don't explain any of that. I mean, it's they get there. No, and which I think is brilliant. Be, oh, I think great. it's brilliant on their part. Yes, but and it's funny because it, she's a, a sham. You know, she's a scam artist. Yeah, she is, and but, but you see that well, box appear and disappear. Well, I know. Yeah. Well. Well, I think she gets caught up in it, though. I, I don't think maybe she was a scam, and then all of a sudden she's no. She was la- drawn they were, up. They were laughing. They were laughing yeah, at the it. end. They were laughing at it. But you, you literally are sitting there, and you see the box appear. He puts the money on it. Yeah, and then after it it's all done, and then it disappears with the money. So yeah. I mean, there's you know, that is true. I I kind of wondered about that, and then I just thought, oh, maybe that's that's a good trick, you know, a good illusion. Um, Could be, oh, but, but it's just but funny how they know. just kind of that, throw that in. Well, there. then because it. You know, her, what she says actually is a prophecy. <laughs> well, that and just how he controls himself at the end, you know, yes. don't fear, no yes, fear. no you know? fear. And I'm like going, okay, this is like Dune. Fear is the mind killer. Yeah, that's right. The little yeah. mind killer. Yes. Or, so, but that, yeah, I mean, it's a good movie. If you haven't seen it, watch it. If you have seen it, maybe. Tell us what you thought. And we'd like to say there's a wig alert in there, all right? There's a genuine wig that falls down on top of him when he goes into the the, the mortuary or oh, whatever it is. And it wasn't a tarantula. It, oh, it was a, it was a curly blonde-haired yeah, wig. That was a wig moment. Yeah, it was a wig moment. It wasn't so. a curly blonde tarantula. Uh, so there you have it. I mean, anything else anybody wants to say about... Uh, oh, no, I just have a lot... Just fond memories of seeing it at the drive-in. Yeah. It, was, it was good. Yeah, and I, I wish I had seen it sooner. I mean, now now that I watched it, I've watched that. I watched the first one several times just because I'm fascinated by you know just the whole genre, and the storyline of it, and then the story. Yeah, the story is just so all over the place. You know, it really doesn't care either. Yeah, like there's just things that go on, and you know, it they truly do, is a phantasm. They, they, it is a phantasm. They they go through all the tropes. Uh, let's split up. Uh, okay, I got to go back to the mausoleum at night. Yes, you know, let's. Uh, yeah, it's just. Yeah, uh, it does follow all. It follows all of the the standard procedure for those. And how your church movies. just opens up into this massive mausoleum anyway. It's just. But that's, uh, yeah, it's it's well worth a it's a well worth a watch and or or a fun. rewatch. It's a fun watch. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, Dr. Tar? I just saw the Joker. And I thought it looked like the Joaquin dead. (laughs) (laughs) That's good, Mary. Don't! Diminuet! Out! It was funnier the first time. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> All right. Phantasm One, made in 1979. I thought I'd bring up some other movies uh, that came out in 1979 that are kind of relevant. Um, let's start with uh, Star Trek the movie came out in 1979. Oh, the, the John Weiss? John Weiss? Yeah, 1980, yeah. Yes. Dave Yersted Sill guy, uh, yes. director? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, the best, I, part, that, best part about that is the Jerry Goldsmith uh, score. Soundtrack. Oh, yeah. 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 I, yeah. What'd you get? When you guys first saw it, what'd you think of it? I thought, Vija! I liked it. I yeah, liked it. I really did liked it. Yes, yeah. I did. I loved how it started, yeah. too, with that just kind of uh, the music and the blank screen. Oh, so good. But also, um, Buck Rogers in the 21st Century Ooh, came out. Ooh, <laughs> that was a stinker. Was... Mad Max came out that year. My least favorite Max film. That's right. Oh, uh, when I first saw it, they still had uh, um, Mel Gibson dubbed. Yes. Yeah, and that's, uh, that was at the drive I think that's the first time I saw it, too. Um, Alien. Ridley oh, Scott. That, was, a, that, that was, was an awesome movie yes, the first time I saw yes. it. That was the cool. Brood, David Cronenberg. That was creepy. That, that's a creepy little movie. The uh, remake with Frank Langella, Dracula. Do you remember that? Yes. Oh, yeah. He very, was the suave Dracula. Yeah, that was a very... Uh, <laughs> oh, and here's one of my favorites from, from that year. Abel Ferrara's The Driller Killer, <laughs> which I think is public domain. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. Nosferatu, the vampire, the remake by Werner Herzog with, um, um, as Nosferatu, Klaus Kinski. Cla- yeah, that's oh, it. There we go. Good, yeah. very, it's an actually, a it's good, an interesting, it's, it's an interesting good, remake of good it. interpretation. Uh, yeah. Prophecy by John Frankenheimer. That's uh, a, the, uh, it's pretty good Ecological, movie. uh, warning. Yeah. Yeah, movie. Yeah. The Black Hole. <laughs> oh, oh, Disney, Max, Disney. Maximilian Shell. <laughs> I wanted to like it, but oh, yeah. man. Oh, I love those robots, though. Those robots were cool. Oh, yeah. ouch. Oh, I had toys. Yeah. I had toys. Yes. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but see, I was a kid then. I wasn't an old man already. <laughs> That's true. Because uh, I like the Lost did, in Space robot. There robot you go. Robot. Did, oh, you, yes, did yeah. I mention the Amityville Horror? Charles, starring uh, James Brolin. Now, see, I never liked that. I never liked You know who, well, I didn't say it was a good movie. I just no, said okay. it came out. Um, James Brolin, you know who he is? He's uh, Thanos' father. That's right. <laughs> see, if we go back in time and kill him, Thanos will never happen. <laughs> Fuck you, Gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's about it. A couple of Italian movies, uh, Zombie Holocaust. By Francesco Martino, <laughs> and have you ever seen? Oh those? yes, oh yes, Ooh. and Zombie Two by uh, Lucio Fulci. You know why they called it Two? <laughs> yes, because it was there was a copyright, and because what was it? Uh, Dawn of the Dead was released as Zombie in Italy, and there was a copyright on it, so they had to call this Two. And two it is. And two <laughs> it is. And apparently anyway. a lot of people like it. it. This is like one of those movies that they issued uh, barf bags. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it wasn't because of it was too gross. It's <laughs> just because it was <laughs> such so a bad, bad movie. movie. Uh, yeah. uh, and then one other movie um, that was released in 1979, which was Robert Altman's Quintet. Ooh, which is interesting. Which is a very interesting movie. And we're going to talk about that movie right now. Uh, as a matter of fact, so this movie is one. Um, this is, a, I will say right off, this is, I think it's a brilliant movie. I, I really like this movie. I was drawn in. I loved it. It's directed by Robert Altman, uh, produced by Robert Altman and Frank Bearheit, um, written by uh, Patricia Resnick, Robert Altman, and Robert Altman um, stars Paul Newman, Vit. Torio Gassman, Gassman, I love it. Uh, <laughs> Fernando <laughs> Ray, BB Anderson, Brigitte Fossey, and Nina Van Palant. The music is by 
Tom Pearson. Cinematography is by Jean Buffetti. I guess I don't know how you say his name. Um, <laughs> edited by Dennis Hill, and it's great edit, editing. Distributed by 20th Century Fox. Um, it's about almost two hours long, and it was a budget of $9.3 million. Um, the score was um, performed by the New York Philharmonic Orchestra. Um, that's just that there. That's kind. That's the background of this movie. It was filmed in on this island where the 1967 Montreal Expo had taken place, and a lot of the uh, structures were still in place. And he came in, and everything is shot. All of the interior scenes are shot there, and all of the surrounding little surrounding areas. What year is this? Uh, 1979. Huh. Um, this is uh, it's um, an era. Yeah, it's it's a post-apocalyptic type movie. Well, we don't. You don't really know if it's post-apocalyptic or not. It's it's they a. They suggest. Well, they don't really even suggest it. All they say is that they're inside of a, a new ice age. When um, that's one of the the whole things, it's kind of a, they the writing kind of the, kept it kind of uh, nebulous as to where they were and what they were. It was actually takes place in the uh, the future because they're talking about these uh, multi level cities where they lived, um, which kind of implies that you know it's not of today or you know not right. from today. It's from a different time. Su- yeah. The movie is called Quintet, and this movie is based around a game. That is played by five people, actually six, but five people initially play, and there's a sixth person. And the the game becomes a metaphor for existence and commentary on various social um, norms of the time and, and observations. I have seen this movie. Yeah, now that you're describing it, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. They used one of the... It, it opens on this whiteout scene and you see these two characters very long shot you see these two characters walking and it you know eventually gets closer to him to them uh, you know what it i don't know as soon as i saw that first scene this is kind of a, an aside you know what i thought about fargo yes <laughs> exactly uh, oh, so anyway idea. so anyway and then uh, they go to this compound a city um, kind of that's totally encased in ice and uh, here's a nice little piece of trivia altman kept everything frozen all the set all the props everything or the the, the sets or the, you know the rooms and everything was always watered down and kept frozen so you see all these icicles uh, they, they cover everything and everybody is dressed in in uh, you know layered clothing uh, but stylized layered clothing which is kind of interesting in it in itself as a whole another commentary on on certain uh, ways of, of, of looking at design and religion but that's a whole nother part of, of kind of an aspect of the movie because the movie deals with an aspect of this game um, that is a, about the winners actually being real winners in that the losers, be, die. They Very have to. They they are they are killed by the winner, uh, and it's this is all kind of gradually comes out. Um, Paul Newman is the star of the movie, and um, 
he and this girl come in, and they. Um, he's looking for his brother for one thing, and his brother meets him, and they find out that the girl who was Paul Newman's partner. Oh, uh, let me back up. Paul Newman is a uh, a seal hunter. <laughs> And that's, you know, they just say he's a seal hunter. And well, the girl, when, the earth, when the earth is frozen, that's that's a good thing to be. Do. Yes, <laughs> but even he was running out of uh, seals. Uh, seals. So, um, and the, you find out that the girl is his partner's daughter, and his partner has since died. But the girl is pregnant, and you, as this goes along, um, they go to uh, the brother's house, and meet some other people well then the whole game comes into play because he said let's play um because you find out in this whole culture in this dying culture there is nothing else but the game everybody has reverted back to this entertainment entertainment as being the final thing that you're going to do information Uh, power structure but as a consequence of of the way that it's played and the way that, that it's viewed it becomes part of a religion and part mm-hmm. of a, or a pseudo religion. Um, another thing that they did, I, I want to mention this before I forget it. A vignette is the uh, softening or darkening of the edges of a film, commonly used in, in silent films a lot. Well, they took what I would believe at the time everybody was using was Vaseline. And they rubbed it all along the edges of the film or of the uh, lens. So when they shot it, it was uh, translucent, frosty looking. So the whole movie looks like you're looking through this frosted glass. Right. Now I think that's fantastic. They still they still do that. I mean, that's, oh, yes. yeah, that's yes. something that's because uh, what is it? Uh, Swordfish, the movie Swordfish. Yes, they, they were talking about how they got that look. You know, where they were kind of skewing the. So instead of it being like a tilt shift lens, they were using the Vaseline to create this one Bizarre. area that was in focus. Yes, yes. That's inter- that, that, That's pretty. That's cool. pretty cool. Efficient filmmaking. Yeah. But um, the film is way more in depth, and like, and as Tar said, it's a. Uh, it, uh, we will say, for all intents and purposes, it's a post-apocalyptic film. Um, th- this could be a nuclear winner, you know, that created the new ice age. Um, it's never really gone into detail, but you can kind of figure some of that out. You get a feel of it, yeah. But it's uh, it, the movie um, really just—it's a subtle science fiction movie, and, and, it, it, and it, yeah, it's, it's, a, well it's a good Logan's well, Run movie. It really um, better, you know. Yeah, so I mean, well, it's it's like it, I liked it a lot better, and it, isn't it like Fernando Ray? Isn't it? Isn't he like the one guy mm-hmm. that's in there? Because um, he's from. Uh, Oh, he's from what is the the Popeye Doyle uh, connection? Yeah, that yeah, French connection. French connection. Yeah, he's the he's, he's the bad guy. He's the bad guy. Yeah. Yes, great actor. Oh, all of the actors are like he, that's a um, top notch film. Well, it's not Paul a, Newman is the only American actor, main right. actor. All the rest of them are European. But it know? wasn't a low budget. It's not like nine, it's a low nine, budget nine movie. Three movie. Well, now, Either. but this is um, we're all talking about it, and we all. Obviously, I think really liked this movie and, and thought it was a great movie. Now, let's go back historically. This movie was was a financial failure. Oh yeah, it was panned by all the major critics. Yep. Siskel and Ebert um, just hated Absolutely it, hated and it. one of the best critics at the time, or one of the most prominent, Pauline Kael, hated it. You know, 
There was a couple of other ones. I can't remember. One guy said, you know, I didn't really, you know, I didn't really like the movie. He said, uh, or he said, I, he said, I didn't really dislike the movie. He said, there were parts of it I didn't necessarily like. He says, but the overall effect of the movie never, uh, never let up. Yeah. He said, and it was fascinating. I was fascinated by it, which is a, the I think that's a high compliment. Yeah, the bleakness of it. It's just. But that's yeah. Altman. I mean, Altman's always, always pushing things and was always getting panned. But then later on, those movies would just be looked at and they'd be like, oh, you know, like when he did MASH. But that's a like they, a lot. They were, they were the same way. The critics looked at that and they're like, you can't have two people talking at the same time. You can't have people talking over each right. other. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Altman is, he's one of my director gods, that's for sure. Yeah, and he's made some shit stuff. Oh, really and, shit stuff, Well, yeah. and right around this time, this is, you know, t- talking about the the biz, he made, oh, man, what were those movies? Um Wedding in 1978, A Perfect Couple in 1979, um, and they were dismal failures. This is during his huge drug. Yes. I mean, he was into yes. drugs a lot yes. during that Well, time. Yeah. look at this movie. <laughs> this movie has a lot of inner contemplation to it. Um, another thing, and I just, did, I just downloaded them. When the movie came out, they passed out a, a paper that had the rules to the game. Oh, that's interesting. Which I think is very interesting. I just downloaded Ballyhoo. Uh, you can get it online. I had just downloaded a PDF. But it's Ballyhoo. Uh, it, yeah, it was. It absolutely was. But it was also the to back to the movie. The game and Quintet Five has a it is a very big factor in this whole movie. Um, it also this all that's why the game becomes a metaphor for life. This is what a lot of the critics didn't like. They said that was too heavy handed. But I don't think it's too heavy handed at all. You know, I think I think he hand, I thought, thought I it was think handled it's interesting. great. Yeah, I thought they just handled it great. Science fiction movies in general, if you ever notice when they're released, they're usually panned by critics. But later on it's it's after they developed kind of a following is when they become recognized as classics. Well, here's a here's uh, two thousand and one was like that. I mean Initially, it was not. It was no. It wasn't. It wasn't though. Not initially though. I disagree. No, <laughs> I think initially no. It was after it, it becomes more of a. It develops its following later. I disagree. After, no, I, I. But there's a Forbidden Planet was like that too. Too. It 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 when it initially I disagree. Was, no, when it initially was released, it it was it didn't it make didn't, money. It did not do very well. It didn't make money. No, two thousand one did. Uh, yes, two thousand one was a successful movie. I mean, it was that was instantly recognized as a, as as a brilliant movie. Instantly recognized as a brilliant movie. I don't, no, I'll go back and uh, uh, no, I can, no, I'll I can go, show you. No, no, I'll go look. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I, no. I have to go back and review that. Big but anyway, I don't think when it's first quintet is not like it's not. It, it's, it's not, not like your, any of those. It's not your average movie. It no. really isn't. Um, it's very subtle. It's it, more subtle yes, than yes. this. And yeah, contemplative and and philosophical, um, and but shot extremely beautifully and the and. It's the the cinematography. Um, this was his last movie. Um, the cinematography is just great. Uh, all of the acting is is superb. Um, I have very little to to complain about this movie. I, and I and it blows my mind that some of these critics didn't see this movie 
uh, you know, they, I think it was Pauline Kay or one of them was equating, oh, this is like Monty Python in real time or something like that. And they were like, you know, oh, Altman would have been making fun of stuff, you know, instead of trying to be so serious. Well, what the fuck, you know? <laughs> oh, I got to always be exactly what you think I'm supposed to be? And he disproves it by this movie being a brilliant movie anyway, no matter what. But to come back to not just the critics and who likes it and all that, you know, here's it right now. If you currently go to, uh, what is it, Rotten Tomatoes website? What is it called? Yeah, yeah Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, That's right. what it is. yeah, it's at like 20%. <laughs> yeah. <What is> <laughs> So I'm just saying that's the pop, that's the, the popular. But that's only that's on, just because people don't want to sit through it and actually experience it. It's only on. It. It's on. It's on. That's from ten reviews. In 1968, <laughs> 2001: A Space Odyssey did 56 million dollars worth of uh, box office. Yeah. In 1968, that's okay. Huge. I stand corrected. I oh, just wanted to make sure. I'm you know the internet's. They say so. They say so. <laughs> so it has to be true. No, but you, but like Forbidden Planet itself, I'm I'm you know what I don't know about Forbidden like, No, well, I'm I just saying I'm, I didn't argue I, with you about that. No, no, I know you did. Because <laughs> when know. It, when that was released, it, it it didn't do very well. It really didn't. And but it was later on that it developed its uh, a lot of those in that genre at the time. Yeah, science fiction was different at that time. So this it, is, it was looked upon differently at that time, it, it's especially. Yeah, I mean, and it was changing. But the sixties was, was changing. The 60s, it, yeah, it was changing. Actually, two thousand and one actually changed it. it. That that was a changer. Absolutely. Uh, because everything else be- prior to that, and even at that time. Because everything else prior to that always had sound in space. And just like well, <laughs> I'm sorry. And just I'm all sorry. Like, it does. And Star Wars brought is it back. that right, Hal? And yes, and Star Wars brought it back. Take a stress pill. Think things over. <laughs> All right, it's time to get out of here. Okay. Yeah, you guys want to watch me take a dump? Say! This is Dr. Guitar. Oh, and this is the Supreme Dumpster, Professor Feather. Don't diminuate! And you've been listening to. Insane fromage. The big and that is true. <laughs> you like the cheese. This is glass. We like the cheese. This is glass. I want the cheese. I nibble the cheese. Sister, do the cheese. I nibble. Nibble the cheese. Was it Gruyere? It was blue cheese. Tomato. Gratage, fromage, fratage. You can get a hold of us, please. Somebody get a hold of us at unsaneradio at gmail.com. We would and like in to the most inappropriate ways. Give us, give us uh, the love and attention uh, of your uh, applause. We would like the clap. Oh yeah, thanks for the thanks for the comment, Josh. Josh gave us a comment. Oh, did we have a Josh? Yeah. Isn't that his name? I don't know. Uh, right next to it says Jerry. The, the welder. <laughs> Josh is the welder. Yeah. Jo- Joel? Joel! <laughs> Thanks, Joel. 
Well, edit that, okay, Jerry? Edit that. Sure. Yeah, I'll get right on that. <laughs> anyway, unsaneradio.com. You can see all of our episodes there and, and look at the nifty artwork to your heart's content. Um, that's unsaneradio.com. Follow us what on Facebook it? and Twitter. Yes, we have uh, <laughs> Twitter. We have Twitter. At Radio, Radio Unsane. Yeah. At Radio Unsane. Twitter. And at Radio... Unsane at Radio... <laughs> at Unsane Radio is the uh, Facebook. Correct. Yes. And I'm we are, sorry. We are now on Spotify. Are we? Well, we will be by the time this one airs. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, see, I've just heard that before. See, by saying, by saying we are, it will force me to actually get oh, us okay. on. Oh, we, you are such a tease. We will have a, we will have a record up. Teasy mean we. Tar and Feathers Psycho Cinema. Tarandfeather.com. You know what? I was looking at the website the other day, and this is no kidding. It's a pretty cool website. There's a lot of information there on that website. Not just about tar and feather, but about a lot of things. It's a very, very nice, rounded website. Um, If you want to know about Edgar Allan Poe, we have a huge section. We are tools underused. That's true. That is true. I have to agree. (laughs) I'm going to give you the clap for that one. Oh, I think we I think we got golf clap clap. long before that. (laughs) So anyway, uh, and you can see, oh yeah, you can visit Tar and Feather at Psycho Cinema. You can see our on the Facebooks. That is T A R R A N D F E T H E R dot C O L. There you go. And we'd be flopping around on the internet. (laughs) Us tools. There you go.